Welcome to the build-up on Balls.ie in association with Labrooks. Please bet responsibly. Visit dunlui.net for further information. Hello and welcome to the build-up, our look ahead to the sporting weekend here on Balls.ie, all in association with Labrooks. And it's Six Nations this weekend. It's back, Ireland or Scotland versus Ireland, I suppose, headlining it for us on Sunday. Delighted to say that Stephen Ferris is with us. As usual, to look ahead to... Um, a packed weekend, the Six Nations, Stevie. It's 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 always good when it gets to this point, isn't it? Because we've had the off weeks. The Italy match is always an Italy match for Ireland, you know. Really, no matter what, and it just feels like we've we've uh, we're going back into this now. The last two games, Scotland and England, uh, sprint finish in the Six Nations. No matter how we're doing, it's always exciting when it gets to this point. Yeah, it's definitely exciting. Like uh, it's brilliant, you know. Just the, the build up to it, waiting for teams to be announced. Um, just doing some work at the minute, just doing a written piece for Ladbrokes uh, for, for the game this weekend or for all three games this weekend. And yeah, it's it's an interesting weekend ahead. Like uh, Wales for the first time are favourites in their match. Like they've won three, <laughs> but this is the first match they've actually been favourites. It's it's crazy to even say that. Uh, but they're, they're going great guns. There's rumours going around that they're not going to make too many changes for this Welsh game probably looking to keep that consistency in the match um, and keep this momentum going that they've gathered uh, from, from from nowhere, really, because they, they have been the surprise package, for sure, in this year's Six Nations. The, the no crowds, the lack of atmosphere, um, you know, everything else that's going on um, outside of the rugby bubble, uh, they seem to have coped with it much better than everybody else. So, you know, fair play to them. Um, but there's opportunities for other teams this weekend to try and keep their momentum going or try and get back on the bandwagon. So, yeah, super excited. Yeah, absolutely. I won't... Um, look, I did cut a clip, uh, Stevie, of uh, me predicting a Welsh Grand Slam at 40-1 to 1 before the thing and you dismissing it and telling people outright not to uh, not to listen to my crap. Uh, but, you know, I decided not to play it all in the name of good grace in the end, I suppose. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I just, I, I don't know, it'd be just like this Wales season for Italy to be the team to come and derail it all, though, wouldn't it, after everything that's happened? It's been such a weird few games. Yeah, it's just been a, it's been a weird Six Nations, like it has, um, just with the refereeing decisions, you know, the red cards, um, more yellow cards as well, and, um, you know, the, the way the game's been refereed, you know, I was working at the game, um, Ulster versus Leinster there on, mm. on Saturday, five yellow cards, one red card, the game's all over the shop. Um, I just don't know what's happening when it comes to uh, the consistency with, with, with refereeing calls and everything else. So we're sure to see more of that this weekend. Um, you know, the referees that are in charge, William Barnes is, I think, is in charge of the, the Welsh Italy game. Um, lots of games that he referees, he almost likes to keep it a little bit closer. You know, mm. I'm, I'm not saying that he purposely gives decisions, but the way the games pan out, um, he, Know, the ones that he referees seems to, you know, um, be a little bit closer. So, yeah, like it's a twenty-five point handicap. Twenty-five, yeah, yeah, twenty-five points. Um, what is it? Uh, France won 50, 50 points to ten, so that's forty points. Ireland won by a margin of thirty-eight points, and England won by a margin of twenty-three points. So, you know, twenty-five points, and and those bigger margins actually came in Rome when Italy were playing at home. So mm-hmm. you would certainly expect Wales to beat that handicap of 25 points. But as you say, they, this is the first time, uh, or as, as I said, this is the first yeah. time that Wales have been favourites. And maybe Italy are that team to make them trip up. I don't see them losing the match. Definitely don't see Like, they're 1-66 one to, one to 
to win. Yeah, it. yeah. You know, it's other than the game, they're one to sixty-six <laughs> in the game. Like it's 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 nuts. So, it's uh, a it's a ludicrous price, yeah. Uh, but sure, look, that's that's obviously what what's there. They're probably going to win it, but I don't know. I can I I didn't I didn't actually mean to start on Wales, but like you know, seeing as we're on on about them, I just wonder is there, you know, every match has had an incident. Like you know, it's like it's it's not their fault that Peter Matney got sent off. It's not their fault that Scotland that a player sent off, and it's not their fault that you know they were in good attacking positions when referee had two insane brain farts or whatever the hell happened in the England match where two tries that basically shouldn't have been given. But, you know, they are in these positions. They've, they've un, unearthed uh, Resenet as a, as a, like a class winger who, you know, we'll probably be seeing on a line sword this year, but the way things are going and, you know, the, the, they've still got all the old heads, Halfpenny, Davis, uh, Adam Wynn Jones, etc. you know, are still there. They've just found a formula there. And I suppose we should have known all along that the talent is prob is there in Wales, you know what I mean? But, once they did find this run of albeit good luck to kind of get going, they always will be a force to be reckoned with once they start believing in themselves and realizing that, you know, they can, you know, get in a bit of confidence, realizing they can win these games. Yeah, definitely. And like um, a colleague of mine who you know, worked for Sky for years and now works um, as lead commentator for Premier Sports. He, he actually said to me about, you know, Wayne Pivak when he first went into the Scarlets, like it, he didn't change things overnight. It took a long time for the players to, to bed into what he, he actually wanted. Um, and they got better and better and better. And sometimes it does take a stroke of luck, uh, you know, for, for things to start to change and for guys to believe. And that, you know, red card, for sure, of course, it 100% changed the game, um, the first game of the Six Nations. But then that just... Like that, that almost gave them the end then to, to, to bounce on. And they have been getting better as the tournament has progressed. Mm-hmm. And, you know, against England, they, they, they played some delightful rugby at times. Um, you know, Falatai was back to his barnstorming best. He was gargantuan and everything that he'd done. Um, it's just, yeah, it's just really, really um, intriguing to see how they've come, come such a long way over the last six months. Because, like, Mick, you and I... And lots of other people out there were talking about Wales after the Autumn Nations Cup saying this team is going to drop down the world rankings. They're an aging team. They're on their way out, you know. Um, and I was certainly one of those one of those people that were were bashing on them at times. And especially after that performance when Ireland didn't even have to get out of second or third gear. Um, and, you know, they give them a, a good going over at the Aviva Stadium. So fair play to them. You know, it's brilliant to see uh, from, a, from a Welsh perspective, fair play. And they can hopefully kick on. Um, and they played some really good stuff. And lots of these young guys, Reece Samet coming through, potential line. He couldn't even get on to the Gloucester team, you know, a year ago. So, like, it just shows that there are young lads out there more than capable of taking the step up to international rugby. Um, and yeah, you would certainly fancy them to put a score in Italy, wouldn't you? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so minus 25 looking at the handicap there. We'll come back to the picks, I suppose, at the end. But moving on to Ireland, then, you know, I suppose there was a lot of positivity, and I think rightly so. I don't think there's any point in kind of like dismissing a game like Italy as, you know, as if it's not an international, as if we're, we're kind of following up against Scotland now based on the France game. They did score tries, they did do some good things, they did show more offloading. I suppose the real question is how much of that positivity uh, and positive play is transferable to when you come up against a much better team, which like from what we've seen so far, Scotland in Murrayfield, especially will be uh, on Sunday. Yeah. 
I I think this is a game that Scotland really, really, really need to win. And like I think it's one win against Ireland out of the last ten games. Um, two out of the last sixteen, something like that. Yeah. Um, you know the, the, right. the record is, is is crazy, and there's a mental block there. Um, Ireland have always always played quite well against Scotland, home and away. Um, but Ireland, they certainly need to bring a lot of what they put on show against Italy to this game. But that's a lot harder uh, to do against a, a better outfit. Um, I certainly feel that the changes made in that Italy, um, the team that faced Italy, certainly helped Ireland um, mm. and helped the way that they were playing. They got more guys over the game line. Um, you know, I thought the front row was excellent. Kelleher, uh, like you know, Rob Herring plays for Ulster, but. Um, I'm of the opinion that, that Kelleher is a much better athlete and he will definitely offer more um, when he has the ball in his hands. And that's where I felt that Ireland's been lacking over the last little while is that they don't have these carriers and these these athletes to, to get them those half yards, to get them those half line breaks, which can then put the, the back line on the front foot. So, you know, Kelleher, um, it's good to have Furlong back, isn't it? In the, in yeah. The front row and, uh, you know, a fitter Ian Henderson in the second row alongside Ryan just seems to work a lot better and that combination seems to work well and you know let's let's talk a bit about Tag Byrne here because you know Tag Byrne um you know started in the second row and now he's slipped back into the the back row he's wearing number six on his back and he's been outstanding in the first few games of the competition he was brilliant in that defeat the wheels um in the first game was, was unreal even though he was playing in that in the second row position so yeah he's certainly raising his hands for line selection and, and uh, i feel that he will probably go with the same back row and i say that because josh van der fleer and Rhys roddick both played for leinster at the weekend yeah and i certainly feel if if those two guys were going to be starting for ireland or one of them was going to be starting for ireland they wouldn't have been playing against Ulster so I have a feeling that they'll go with Tag Byrne, Will Connors and CJ Stander in the back row which um, was a tasty enough uh, selection o- over in Italy so yeah it's it's you just hope that they can kick on but if they don't make we know the ramifications from the media will come back and haunt them and mm. you know, everybody will be putting the pressure back on them and and maybe rightly so but we'll wait yeah. out, um, after the 80 minutes on Sunday. Yeah, I suppose my concern is like since even before did the World Cup really, we've had a few false dawns. Like it was the Scotland game in the World Cup where we're like, right, everything's back on track. Japan comes the following week, and you know, in the in the in the Six Nations a couple of times that's happened as well. But then when we've come up against it, you know, even back in in the autumn we came back and hammered Italy, and you're like, oh, this rest has done them well, and then play poorly in Paris, you know. And I, I just, I, I, you wonder, have we seen too many of these false dons to, to fully trust them? But I suppose time will tell on um, on Sunday. Um, what do you think about the back line then? Because have you seen enough from Stockdale over the last two Ulster games to suggest that he's ready to, to walk into the international team after a bit of a layoff? No, definitely not. No, I think he, he, he's back in there. Um, we all know his, his capabilities and, and you know his try-scoring record for Ireland. But you know, his try-scoring for him being superb over the last uh, while. Yes, he's back in there, but arguably, you know, Rob Balakun, who's come back from a long hamstring injury, has been probably the pick of the wingers uh, playing for Ulster over the last couple of weeks. Um, it's it's probably too big a step for, for him at the minute, considering he, he is coming back from that injury to walk into an Ireland setup and get up to speed. Jacob's been there, he's done it, he, he knows the system, he's worked under Andy Farrell for 
quite a while and you know he'll probably seamlessly fit back in to whatever is expected of him um but i i don't think he's going to start this game i i would be very surprised if he starts this game mm. um uh he might find himself on the bench but you know if you're james Lowe or larmer or keenan you know and, and and your draw for stock deal you'd be pretty pissed off considering <laughs> you know that the, the the early game went went the plan so yeah it's good to see him back in there brilliant to see him back in there of course we all know he's, a, he's an excellent player on, on his day um, so yeah, uh, it's just a great option to have for Andy Farrell, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, exactly. And I, I suppose that that's that those options are widening a little bit for Farrell as the tournament goes on. Unusually, I suppose it's normally the other way around. But you know, you'd imagine that Conor Murray will probably come in as well. It'll be much the same in the back line. Then I was wondering, is this the come back in though, Mick? I, I don't know. That's that's a good question. I suppose <laughs> for you, <laughs> we, we, we've seen over the last uh, couple of weeks that. You know, match practice is is so key. Like the England England team has been playing. Um, you know, all the Saracens boys who haven't been getting much game time um, have been probably the the most inconsistent performers for for England. Uh, yeah. And you know that's definitely reflected in the scoreline because they have a number of those. And with scrum half being such a key position, like Gibson Park. Um, might just be the guy to, to, to keep playing and you know the combination with him and Sexton seems to be going reasonably well Connor Murray if you're looking to grind out a result for the last half an hour of a match um you know he might be the guy to, to take Ireland home for, in, in that respect so yeah it's, a, it's an interesting one and mm. um I think a lot of Irish fans are wanting to to keep the chains the way it is you know to keep yeah. Connor Murray um uh, on the bench until he shows us that He's taken a. He's up another level. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Again, team selection is, is, is going to be very intriguing. Can I ask actually about Murray about the you know the Ireland were a lot faster off the rook against um against uh Italy and sped a lot more. But I think most of that for me anyway is because you know you get that extra couple of yards. Go forward ball creates. Go forward ball creates. Quick ball etc. And you know. It, it all comes from a starting point, not necessarily of the of the runner, not necessarily the scrum half. But you know, it has been a criticism of Murray over the years that maybe he slows the game down a little bit. Is that, in your opinion, more to do with the player or the game plan that is enacted when that player is there? Yeah, well, he's been working under Joe Smith for the last. Well, was working yeah. under Smith for the last um, good few years, like you know, and. And there was so much reliance on his box kicking. Um, it's you know so accurate, uh, very very good at winning those aerial battles, the wingers, uh, and you know applying pressure that way. You know I think there was a there was a half bust made recently, and everybody was like, oh that's the Conor Murray of old. You know he was like, hold on a second, he threw a dummy dummy at the base and made you know a couple of yards. Um, like watching Luke McGrath there at the weekend for Leinster, mm. like he. Maybe four or five times took the the pillar ten, uh, took them on, um, made them make stupid decisions. He looked very very sharp. We know John Cooney's been playing uh, really well for Ulster, uh, so yeah, the pressure is on the, the the lads that are in there. I think yeah. you know Casey is he's a live wire, like he is just um, an absolute rocket. He just keeps going and going. He's very nippy, sharp. Um, and I, I think he's a good player to have on the bench to to bring on and, and bring energy. So it's whether or not Andy Farrell needs somebody there for more control, or whether he's wanting to go out and actually 
you know, get really, really fast ball. And, um, you know, somebody like Casey is, is, is the man to do that. He's been, he has been exceptional over the last four or five games that I've, I've watched him play. So again, it's great to have those options. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. And we'll see what he goes with when he names the team. Um, can I just ask, cause I do want to talk a little bit about Scotland, but a couple of things on Ireland. Um, I heard Johnny Sexton talking in his uh, press conference today about, you know, line selection and different things. When a championship is gone like this in terms of at least winning it, right? So it's not as if it, there isn't something to play for. Ireland still need to, you know, pick themselves up off the ground after the first two defeats, etc. Not not go into the go into some positivity, I suppose, into the next thing. But how much in terms of even as a team, even including management and everything like that, is line selection an issue now for these these are the two biggest games that they'll play between now and when the squad is announced for whatever tour we end up having this summer who knows um is this something that would be actively discussed in dressing rooms or a little personal uh goals that players will have quietly to themselves do you mean in terms of like players will you know, the Irish players will be discussing it amongst themselves. About amongst the themselves or even like, you know, lads, still lots to play for here. Like, you know, we want to go on the lot. We want to, you know, we, there's still a Lions team to be picked here. Yeah. I don't think it would be talked about by the Irish coaching staff for sure. Definitely not. You know, it's, it's about Ireland. It's not about the British and Irish Lions. But from um, a selfish perspective, then you got to look at the other side of thing and and actually think, against Italy when they were hammering and hammering a couple of times there were there were opportunities just to shift the ball there were opportunities just for a tip on and it would have been walked in Ireland were held up over the line there was a knock on or something over the line as well and almost like lads got a little bit greedy you know they, they wanted to get another try or they wanted to get their name on the score sheet and um, maybe something like that could creep in that you know lads maybe do you know, the ball's kicked back into the backfield and you do run it back because you want to try and show off or you want to try and show your capabilities. But honestly, the best way to try and play yourself into getting on the plane for the Lions is to, to do the basics really well. And when mm-hmm. you are in a position to do something with a little bit of magic that you, you try and execute it. Um, so, yeah, I think it'll be personal goals that the lads would have set themselves individually at the start of the year that... You know, somebody like Will Connors definitely wouldn't have been saying that he, he wants to go on a Lions tour. That probably would, I might be wrong, but that <laughs> probably wouldn't have been one of his goals. One of his goals would have been to try and get a starting place with Ireland or, or even Leinster because, you know, he's under a lot of pressure there. However, when you look at somebody like James Ryan or, um, you know, Robbie Henshaw or Gary Ringrose, that might be, one of their goals is to, to get Lions selection. So they're going to have, they're going to want to go out and show their, their skills, their capabilities, um, that they're good team men. Um, and to do that, the best way make it is, is to win. Um, yeah. and, and then it'll take care of itself. Will we win? I suppose you're saying it's such a massive game for Scotland. I completely agree with you. This is one of those ones that shit or get off the pot for Scotland that this, that, you know, as, as we've been talking about for so long, but you know, after beating England, thrown it away against Wales, like they have to go and beat Ireland. And you look at the odds there, but, you know, just under us, Ireland 8 to 11, Ireland are two point favourites on the handicap as well in Murrayfield. Is it historical or is it just because we can't trust Scotland yet? Yeah, I had a good chat this morning, actually, an old S&C coach uh, of Ulster, Andy, was involved in Ireland for a while, a guy called Johnny Davis. I know I've probably spoke about him before. And he said to me, 
uh, just about the Scottish, you know, lads. And a few of their Scottish guys don't play in, in Scotland. They play for Exeter. They play for Bristol. They play for Racing 92. They play for teams that are used to winning week in, week out. They play their teams that are consistently in, in playoffs, winning trophies, um, you know, especially with Exeter, you know, with the, the European Cup and the Premiership last year. And he thinks, and it's something that I didn't really think about, with, with those four or five lads in there, and maybe the standards have risen a bit, but maybe it's the belief. Maybe mm. it's that getting used to winning that is rubbing off on the others um, and why they played so well in the, in, in the first game. And, you know, I know they come up short against Wales, but they played some really good stuff. Yeah. Um, so that's that's an interesting one, like, isn't it? Because um, we'll see how they react this weekend. History has shown us that, that this is an Irish victory. Um, I think Ireland are going to win. Um, you know, just that defeat for Scotland. If Scotland had a beaten Wales, I think it would have been saying something different here. Mm. But the weather conditions, Mick, I don't know about you, but it's pretty stormy up here in Belfast. Yeah, same looking, as. It's not looking great for the weekend. It's going to be windy with showers. So you do expect a, a bit of a tighter game and, and not the sunshine, 18, 19 degrees that we all saw on the TV in Rome. So, um, yeah, I, I think that handy point is probably spot on. And, uh, you know, all the games so far, I think, is it the, out of the games played um, without Italy involved, all those mm. games have been with it, within a score. Like, so it's, it's it, ultimately, it's, it's, it's going to be very tight. Yeah. So I have a good championship. Uh, even some of them have been quite low scoring, I suppose, but uh, all fun and enjoyable. And those two Scotland games have been both brilliant for both two different reasons. So I think from a, even from a viewer's point of view, we'll take something as close and exciting this week. Uh, but maybe, yeah, with your prediction of an Ireland win. We don't have much time left, but the 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 England France game, um, I suppose the France question lead is <clears throat> similar to one of the issues actually that my, Scotland might face is, you know, despite club games here and there, you know, when you're coming off a week off like this, the wear and tear is a little bit less than it may be, say, this is for Ireland and England, than it may be next week when they play each other and that becomes then four games in six weeks rather than one game every two weeks. You know, so they've they've had a bit of a break. Whereas, will Scotland and France be rusty? Like, it, it's going to be, this is, uh, it's going to be three weeks off. You know, so four weeks since their last game. Some of them will have played club, obviously, but as a group, um, this is like starting the tournament again. Yeah, possibly, but it's also a good time to rest. A couple of lads that might have niggles, um, you know, Redpath and Richie for Scotland in particular, who, you know, are, are usually in the team sheet. You know, Redpath was brilliant in the first game. Richie was missing in their last game. Um, so, you know, it's it's an opportunity to rest, guys, and um, but it's also an opportunity to work on other stuff, you know, do some live mauling and training, work on a few weaknesses that the coaching staff think that, you know, each of their teams might have. Um, you know, when you say you have three weeks off, Mick, three weeks off doesn't mean that you're just running around playing a game of touch and you're running through the, the, the motions on, uh, in, in training. You know, there could be some really heavy sessions in there. Yeah, there could be small sided games where you're actually, uh, you know, your heart rate might be up higher than it is, than it is in, in, in the actual international match. So, 
yeah, I, I don't think it'll affect the teams too much. Personally, okay. I, I always like to have a couple of weeks off. <laughs> <laughs> um, I haven't been able to get out and get a few pints, so I expect them not to be too rusty. No, certainly not. Maybe a few waffles um, in, ter- in terms of the French lads. But... <laughs> I saw somebody complaining about them going to Rome and uh, wasting their time going out for waffles instead of some uh, better food. But there you go. I wonder how, I, I don't know, do you have any sense that France, like it, it was almost, a, it's almost a stupid question because if it was any other country but France, I'd be saying, do you think any of this like negative reaction will have rattled them in any way? But you kind of feel with the French, they're just like, Pfft whatever, you know, <laughs> we'll get on with it. We're going, we're going to beat England and tweaking them and shut them all up. Yeah, I think it helps that, you know, there's limited media access and there's you know, obviously no fans and everything else. So that'll certainly help them. Um, takes a few more eyes off them, doesn't it really? Uh, yeah, they're just typical French and they'll, they'll get on with it um, and they'll, they'll give them a good game and good goodness knows I, I just feel that the way the french have been training i've watched a couple of those uh small clip it kind of five minute documentary videos um around their coaching staff and specifically sean edwards and what he's trying to achieve with them um his french is actually half decent from a, a wigan <laughs> uh, man uh but yeah it's they, they seem a completely different team and you know, reading some of O'Gara's stuff uh, that he did for RTE, you know, saying that you know years ago the French didn't actually want to go into camp, where now the lads that he has at La Rochelle would actually run from La Rochelle to Paris to, to get into the French team, and that whole change in uh, mentality has, has certainly had an impact on on what they're trying to achieve um, mm. as individuals, like, but also as a, a, as a, as a team. So, yeah, they'll they'll be tough to beat. Yeah. Do you get any sense that England will like get their act together? They did play really well at times against Wales, obviously not for 80 minutes or anything like that. And, and the, the way they finished the game was, you know, if you're Eddie Jones, you've got to be thinking like, Jesus Christ, like when, when the chips were down or when, when the game was there to be won, you know, we just completely capitulated. And that's just not the England. We, we talked at the start of the campaign about how England were impossible to break down, etc., etc. And they just handed the game to Wales on a silver platter in the end, um, the last day. Yeah, they did. Like, what was it, 24-all? Um, yeah. to play for. Too many penalties. Discipline was shocking. Individuals sleeping. Um, yeah, like, again, I think there's certain individuals that can find themselves very lucky to be getting uh, be getting game time at the minute. Um, they're struggling massively. And, you know, they got to regroup. Uh, but to be honest... I don't know what more to say about England. Mm. Eddie Jones just doesn't seem to be. Um, I don't know. He's just not. He's just not getting them ticking. Like, and the the lads aren't. Uh, the, the lads, I suppose, the way they've played over the last couple of years, you would expect that you know the quality that they do possess to to jump back and and, and have a bit of bite about them, but they really don't. They look like they're going the other way, uh, and that's the worrying thing. That is the worrying thing, but. You know, I think England, they got to buck up their ideas at some stage and, and no better team to do that than against France. Yeah, absolutely. Do you think they will? They're one-point favourites, believe it or not. No, I don't think they're going to. I think France are going to win. Yeah, okay. I think France are going to win. I, I just uh, um, I just think that England are in a bit of a rut at the minute. Um, yeah. You know, if, they keep, if Eddie Jones keeps being this... this head coach that won't pick players in form, then... 
that there will be some resentment almost from from other lads outside the group that might feed into the group. Mm. Um, and you know, this whole uh, picking on form, you have you don't have to pick everybody who's on form, but at the same time, if somebody's performing for what two years, um, yeah, really well, like Sam Simmons, it's been amazing. Uh, it just creates a for me a bit of a bad atmosphere around mm. the whole of, of England. Um, so yeah. I feel that they're in a bit of a rot, and, and maybe Eddie Jones will mix it up completely. He's uh, he's a bit of a dangerous man that way. So yeah, uh, we'll, yeah. We'll see what he is. Is, is, is the just in terms of team mentality? And I, I I'm not sure how how close you were to the to the team in 07, Say when the World Cup uh, when that was the um, that was the criticism of Eddie O'Sullivan saying it's not that you have to play every player who's on form or showing thing, but there has to be a pathway to the team. Is that is that kind of what the group mentality would be? Is like I have to see that there is a way of me being picked if if the right if the circumstances allow it. Yeah, definitely. Like, but at the same time, Mick, you don't have to go and earn your stripes for two years, like before. Yeah, you yeah. You know, that's the criticism that I've always had of, of certain coaches that you know, oh yeah, we'll we'll bring them in for a game and then we'll feed them out to the A team for two games and then we'll bring that's them back it, in yeah. again. And then, yeah, like if if you're good enough, you're old enough, um, and yeah, I certainly feel that there's a lot of English players that are playing better than the current players now um, and deserve an opportunity. But what it also does, Mick, is it gives the guys who have been there for a long time a bloody good kick up the backside. Yeah. Like, guys, your your place isn't secured here. You know, fuck up your ideas and let's get back on the horse. But we haven't seen that over the last three games. And Eddie's just so stubborn um, that I don't think we will see it. So that's why I'm going to go with France. Okay. So I know you're only in the middle of making your picks there. Uh, as you said, you were writing your piece for Lab Books, but we're going with Wales minus 25, France maybe to win, or we may as well go with the minus one, I suppose, and uh, Ireland. Yeah. Ireland, just about. Yeah, just going to go with Ireland. Um, Ireland to win. The two-point handicap. So Two points, yeah. 10, yeah. At that. I think in the Wales game, there's going to be a few points score, but you know Justin Tipperick has been superb over the first few games and he's always on the shoulder um and he's always tracking around he just reads the game brilliantly so an outside bet for me would be uh justin tipperick and any time try score the the odds probably haven't been released for that just yet but you'll probably pick him up at three to four three or four to one for that so uh yeah justin tipperick and reese samad obviously for first try score um if he gets an opportunity in open space he will carve it up Lovely. Okay, great stuff. Enjoy the rugby this weekend, Stevie, and we will chat to you next week ahead of Ireland-England on Paddy's Week, which is always a, a, a fun um, way to finish the Six Nations. Hopefully Ireland will be in some contention for at least some places after beating Scotland. Um, we'll be back with Stevie Dan. We'll have loads of horse racing as well. We'll have our Cheltenham preview uh, show tomorrow with um, uh, Angus, who's always with us, with Kevin Doyle, uh, who knows a lot more about horse racing than you think he does, and with uh, Paul Townend, the small matter of Paul Townend, who is uh, probably going to end up being champion jockey at the Cheltenham Festival if everything goes well. So join us for that tomorrow, Thursday evening, as we have our Cheltenham preview night um, in, in association with Ladbrokes. Of course, if you're having a bet on Cheltenham, on the rugby, on anything else at all, please do always gamble responsibly. Visit dunlui.net for more information. Thanks again to Stevie, and we'll be back with you with more build-up soon.